Hello, everyone. Patriot Underground here. And I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to discuss the importance of protecting your money with precious metals like gold and silver. Now, obviously, we are in the midst of an ongoing financial collapse. And over the past several months, starting with the fiasco of Silicon Valley Bank and then First Republic, which was the second largest U.S. bank collapse in history, we're gradually seeing the big fish swallow up the little fish in an attempt to prevent all of us from having a safe harbor to protect our assets in this coming storm. And we know that this is going to intensify because regardless of what the Federal Reserve does at this point, they're in a no-win situation. So folks, it's very wise at this point to take decisive steps to protect everything that you've worked so hard to earn. And that's why I've partnered with the best company in the business to help my audience make this critically important financial maneuver while they can, and also put themselves into a position to capitalize on the rising price of precious metals as the fiat economy tanks, and the banks all collapse like dominoes. Mark my words, this will be happening over the next several months. And so now is the time, folks. Don't wait. Click on the link in the description for patriotundergroundgold.com, and I promise you, you will be very happy that you did. Folks know that I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that the Lord is giving all of us the opportunity to have this type of foresight so that we can make the right choices to protect our financial resources. PatriotUndergroundGold.com, folks. Click the link in the description. Don't wait. Get started today. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. God bless and Godspeed. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is September 21st, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. As always, I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So tonight, I'm going to provide a situation analysis report. There's just so much going on on so many different fronts as we witness the escalation of what was once the silent war bursting out into the open as the Great Awakening accelerates toward its most climactic moments. And we are not just sitting on the sidelines, folks, but rather we are engaged on all levels, most importantly, spiritually. And this is a journey that we chose. This is a journey that brought all of us together, that continues to unite us and strengthen us <clears throat> and elevate our collective conscience in divine preparation for the big event, which is looming ever closer. So tonight we're going to examine the landscape and analyze the latest developments, which are indeed indicators or barometers, as I like to call them, that upon examination reveal the truth beneath the surface, the tagline for this show. And in so doing, revitalize our spirits that have indeed grown battle-weary and fatigued as time has gone on. There's no two ways about that, folks. But that's a big reason why so many of you tune into this show, to hear a breakdown of events and analysis of their significance. And as you hear me say quite often, there are no coincidences, and none of what's happening is disconnected from the various theaters of this epic war. So with that said, let's begin our discussion tonight with a look at what's been happening geopolitically. And I think a good on-ramp for this segment is the report, or reports, I should say, coming out of Poland, which are absolutely monumentally huge, that their government is no longer going to be supplying Ukraine with any weapons. Now, the context of this dispute comes as Zelensky is once again in Washington, D.C. on a begging mission, looking for handouts. And it appears as if the so-called allies of Ukraine are very steadily jumping ship amidst this failing counteroffensive against Russia, just like we said was going to happen. And more importantly, Waning support amongst the Polish population is driving this rift, which I believe will ultimately widen enough amongst NATO members to eventually dissolve the military arm of the cabal. This is something that we've been discussing now for months, folks. Poland is no longer going to be arming Ukraine. I actually shared a really good article from Zero Hedge. He points out all of the main drivers of what's going on, what's happening beneath the surface, folks. Zelensky's in D.C. He's meeting with fake Biden tomorrow. Like I said, he's on a begging mission. But the problem is, is that there's this growing rift in the Republican Party over support for Ukraine. And so 
what's very likely to happen, and we're going to have to see how it plays out, is that he's going to leave empty-handed. Now, the news out of Poland, I believe, is going to change the course of this war. Their prime minister came out and said that Poland will no longer arm Ukraine. This is a quote. Poland will no longer arm Ukraine to focus on its own defense, end quote. And so what is the context of what's going on here? Well, the war of words with Ukraine's ambassador and Warsaw, Poland's ambassador over grain, this grain ban dispute is really just the cover story. You have to keep in mind that Poland has been one of the staunchest supporters of Kiev since the Russian incursion began, with 91% of their population there supporting the war effort. However, ever since the truth about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline sabotage has come to the surface, that whole false flag, I haven't talked much about that lately, but that's absolutely massive, folks. It changed public opinion dramatically. Because everybody understands that this is a false flag that was designed to hasten World War III. And as the result of Poland getting on board, along with Germany and other nations, they've seen an economic downturn, which has decreased public support for the war to 60%, or maybe somewhere in the 60s. But we're talking about a 30% decrease. And you know that their polls are all skewed. You know that probably a, a majority of we the people in Poland are waking up or have woken up and they no longer support this war effort. This is massive, folks. So this raises the question, is this reversal the beginning of the end of the war in Ukraine? And in a larger context, the beginning of what we've discussed, which is the inevitable dissolution of NATO. So on the surface, this is being driven by an extension of a ban on Ukrainian grain, which I mentioned a moment ago, due to, quote, outrage by Polish farmers who are suffering as a result of the markets in Poland being flooded with cheap Ukrainian grain. But this is only a front, folks. This is only a fraction of the truth. I'm not suggesting that that's not true. But the cover story is almost never the most significant aspect, even if it has elements of truth to it. The reality of the matter is that both Germany and Poland, like I mentioned a moment ago, and other NATO nations are in the early stages of defection from the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And I happen to believe that this was pre-planned by the alliance. And whether or not we see these defections come by way of military coup, like we're witnessing in Africa, I'm going to talk about Africa and the latest there in a few minutes, or whether they're going to be largely peaceful, regime changes remains to be seen. But there is undoubtedly a major discontent rising amongst the people in these nations who have been coerced into supporting a failing war effort that the Polish prime minister characterized the following way. He recently said to reporters at the UN General Assembly, quote, Ukraine is behaving like a drowning person clinging to anything available, end quote. Think about that, folks. That quote says it all. They are losing this war. They are drowning and they are pulling every one of the NATO member nations down with them. This is a matter of national survival for Germany, for Poland, for France, for all of these different NATO countries that have gotten sucked into this war effort, and they're starting to see the writing on the wall. And by the way, if you're not convinced that this is being driven by general discontent amongst the Polish population, think again. Consider the fact that this huge policy reversal. This isn't anything minor, folks. This is going to, in my view, change the overall trajectory in the, well, not the trajectory. We always knew the Russians were going to win, but the time frame and the course of this war and the nature of it and how it's being fought, the duration, the Polish population and this huge policy reversal are not divorced from one another. This comes amidst the backdrop of parliamentary elections in Poland next month on October 15th. Now, of course, the World Trade Organization doesn't like this development, nor does NATO or any of the other cabal-controlled bureaucratic organizations like the UN. We're going to talk a little bit about the UN in Africa a little bit later in the show. But of course, they don't like it. And so to silence a lot of the opposition, the Poles assured Ukraine 
that they're going to abide by previously agreed upon arms deliveries. But from this point forward, there will not be any further arms agreements. Massive. Massive. The Polish have been the staunchest supporters of Zelensky since this started, folks. So I'm not sure if everybody out there fully understands the weight of the domino that just fell. And by the way, the Polish prime minister also said, quote, a drowning person is extremely dangerous, capable of pulling you down to the depths and can drown the rescuer, end quote. Exactly what's been happening. The simple reality, folks, as we've discussed on many occasions on this show, is that game theory operations were pre-established before this conflict even broke out. NATO was set up for defection by the alliance and back-channel agreements were made long ago to assure that Zelensky's efforts to bid defiance to Russia would force NATO member nations to choose a lane. And self-preservation is a very strong motivator. It seems to be winning the day as it was always intended to. So obviously, this is a diplomatic crisis for the actor Zelensky, who I continue to believe is ultimately assisting the alliance in terms of maneuvering NATO into this position. I believe that this was always the game plan, where defections were inevitable in order to prevent the wholesale destruction of its member states. You think the alliance didn't know that ultimately it was going to come to this point, where all of these countries were being crippled economically, where their people were revolting, and they had looming elections, and the people that made these decisions are desperately trying to cling to power? You think that the alliance didn't see this happening? You think that they didn't map all of this out? Of course they did. Now, whether or not you agree with me about Zelensky being under white hat control, I mean, that's obviously less certain. And there are a lot of folks out there who I have great respect for who disagree with me on that point. But in any event, Zelensky's actions are what is important. His actions, whether they're coming from him or whether they're coming from his controllers, whoever they may be, are hastening the downfall of NATO exactly as I predicted. So again, whether he's under white ad control or whether these are game theory operations or whether this is entirely organic, whatever your persuasion is, the reality of the matter is from a 40,000 foot view, this is a key puzzle piece that just got pushed into place. Everything is coming together exactly the way we anticipated. And obviously this comes at the worst possible time for Zelensky because He's in D.C. looking for more handouts from fake Biden. And he's supposed to meet with fake Biden tomorrow. But he's also been denied a congressional platform by Kevin McCarthy. Very interesting. In large part, I happen to believe, because there's rising opposition within the GOP to more money being sent over to Ukraine and certainly more weapon systems being sent over there. And this of course, is all happening amidst the threat of yet another government shutdown. So again, this is the optics. This is what's being portrayed to the public. But this is all pre-planned, folks. This is all rolling out as part of this pantomime. So we've got Zelensky now meeting with heavy hitters in the private sector who are really just jockeying for position to fund the rebuilding of Ukraine. But obviously, they can't provide the weapons that are necessary to continue the war. And when Russia ultimately declares victory and maintains control of the country, there goes the big money investment into rebuilding the territory that they don't control. Also, all part of the plan. So that's one major aspect of the ongoing geopolitical developments that I wanted to touch upon tonight. And the other one is one that I've highlighted quite frequently as well as a key marker indicating the imminent fall of yet another deep state stronghold, Taiwan. The island Trump has repeatedly said is next. Now, for those who have been paying attention, which I know includes every member of this audience, it's quite clear that China has been ratcheting up tensions for weeks now 
in preparation for an invasion that I believe to be imminent. Now, on September 17th, a report was published that 28 warplanes were detected entering Taiwanese airspace. And this is nothing new. This has been going on now for months. You'll recall back in April, there were 71 Chinese warplanes and several ships and aircraft carriers that encircled the island. They completely encircled it, simulating a full-scale invasion. And this happened, by the way, as McCarthy was meeting with the Taiwanese president. And so the CCP, they've made it clear that they, at least optically, that they view Taiwan as Chinese territory and that they're going to reunite the island with the mainland. And they're going to use force if necessary. And they've been preparing and they've been certainly gearing up for a military operation. And they've also reportedly threatened Japan with nuclear weapons in the event that they attempt to intervene in China's military campaign into Taiwan. So there we have yet another connection to Q's scare necessary event, which we all know is coming in one form or another. I just provided some commentary on my last episode, I believe it was, my coffee chat, talking about Cliff High and what he's been putting out there talking about an event that is going to be so massive that it's going to dwarf the emotional output, the grief, the anger, whatever it is, the, the negative emotional output is going to dwarf what we saw on 9-11 by 13 times. 9-11 was a five on his scale and whatever's coming is an 81. And it's hard to even begin to wrap your brain around what that's going to mean and what that's going to look like. Is it going to actually be another attack the way Cliff is postulating? Is it going to be a directed energy weapon attack somewhere in Colorado, the Denver airport? Is it going to be Cheyenne Mountain? Is it going to take out the internet? Is it going to be an EMP? Are we going to have a nuclear standoff, which is something that I have anticipated as a part of this climactic moment, this eye of the storm, this precipice of destruction, near-death experience? Possibly. Or could that 81 be in relation to the emotional outpouring of grief and anger and shock and rage and just about every other emotion you can think of upon revelation of the truth, upon full disclosure? Is that going to be the measurement, if you will, once the full truth comes out? Or is it going to be in reaction to another cabal attack? We really don't know. And of course, I hope and pray, as I'm sure all of you do, hope and pray that it's going to be the result of disclosure and that we're not going to see more false flags take place. Do I think that is realistic thinking? Probably not. But I'd certainly like to believe that whatever it is that Cliff High and Dick Allgaier and the remote viewers are seeing six months out or sometime within the next six-month time frame, very likely in and around April, I'd like to believe that this is going to be the result of the EAS. It's going to be the result of all of the disclosure, the mass arrests, and really the revelation of the truth that we have been under the thumb of a satanic cabal for centuries. And that the entire foundation of people's lives has been built upon that deception and that everything that they've ever believed to be true is a lie. Could that be? Well, I certainly hope and pray, but we just saw what happened in Lahaina. We've been seeing fifth gen attacks all over the world, basically multiple times a day. It's, it's rare at this point that we don't get news of an earthquake or another wildfire or a another hurricane or another tornado or another, you name it, another shooting, random acts of violence. And so certainly we have to keep our heads on a swivel. We have to continue to pray for God to deliver us from this evil with a minimal amount of loss of life. But I kind of digress there for a moment. Let's get back to Taiwan. Now, the reality is, is that we have seen a recent uptick. I just mentioned earthquakes and weather weapons, harp weapons, We've seen an uptick in earthquakes in and around that island, which are consistent with dumb liberation and clean-out operations, as we know. Just the other day, they had one, I think it was like a 6.8 or something along those lines. Pretty big earthquake. And we've already established that this cabal stronghold 
is rife with human trafficking tunnels, as well as U.S.-funded biolabs that need to be eliminated before all of this is said and done. I talked about this with SG Anon, I think, on my last conversation with him, or it might have been the previous one before that, but we certainly got into this, and he concurred that there are indeed several cabal infrastructural strongholds that need to be taken down, including these biolabs, including these tunnels and dumps. So one way or another, folks, this needs to be dealt with. And I believe that that process has already begun. I believe it began a while ago, as a matter of fact. But that we are indeed reaching a critical phase where President Xi, Xi Jinping, will initiate the incursion, the full incursion, under the guise of CCP command and control. Now, you've also heard me provide some recent commentary on Xi Jinping. I happen to think that he is a white hat, and I've been very consistent on that. I talked about this with Jim Willie as well in our most recent conversation, and he and I both agree that Xi Jinping is playing both sides. And in the context of the BRICS summit in Johannesburg, the whole social credit system, New World Order agenda was sidelined by all of the BRICS member allies. I believe wholeheartedly that Xi Jinping set this up this way in order to minimize the power and to derail the agenda of the CCP and not allow them to spread this cancer of a social credit system into the other countries, into the BRICS nations. They all said, hell no, we don't want it. Stick with the theme of de-dollarization. That's what we really want. And that's what I believe Xi Jinping is working toward. But while this will appear on the surface, this invasion of Taiwan, which I believe is going to happen, while it's going to appear on the surface to be CCP aggression, the reality is, is that this is a joint operation involving Chinese patriots and elders that play a massive role in that society in coordination with their Taiwanese counterparts to reunite these two nations and in the process, eliminate deep state elements in both Taiwan and China in the form of the CCP. In other words, the patriots on Taiwan and the patriots in China are working toward the same goal. You see, China and really the entire Pacific Rim, they need a conflagration of tensions in order to provide optical cover to root out the enemies within their own countries, much like we have to do here in the United States. And that's exactly where the scare event comes into play. Now, how exactly it's going to happen, it remains to be seen. But I do contend that the kinetic action that we're eventually going to see in the Pacific theater is intended not only to target cabal assets on Taiwan, but to trigger a wider conflict, which will enable the alliance to have sufficient cover to eliminate the CCP in the process, as well as the corrupt Japanese regime under Kushida. And I've talked about him as well. Certainly, Ben Fulford has a lot to say with regard to the corruption within the Japanese government that has to be dealt with as well. So you've got the problem of Kushida. You certainly have the reunification, like we're talking about right now, between China and Taiwan. And of course, we also have the Korean Peninsula that needs to be dealt with. And certainly, I think Kim Jong-un is going to be playing a major role, as I've stated recently in this coming scare necessary event, particularly with regard to a nuclear standoff. But I'm going to Put a pin in that for now and revisit that at a later date. Now, I think it's likely that amidst the coming chaos, we're going to see something akin to civil war in China between patriots, the Chinese patriots, and the CCP, who will be characterized as the aggressor threatening to plunge the entire region into war. It may look like a coup, even, against President Xi, but this will only be a cover story, you see. This is going to enable his pantomime arrest and subsequent tribunal, wherein he will reveal the truth about covert operations to remove the CCP within his own country. Keep in mind, we've discussed the pantomime arrest of Xi Jinping, of Vladimir Putin, and even Donald Trump to provide the stage for public declassification of the Q Alliance operation. And this is intel which has been substantiated by Q the Stormwriter and a lot of other credible sources. 
So I contend that it's very likely that we're going to see a Taiwan incursion as the beginning of the end of the CCP. The real kinetic action is all going to be geared toward rooting out the communists, the deep state within China. That's really what this whole invasion is about. Of course, it's also about the different objectives that I just mentioned on Taiwan itself. But the much bigger problem, I think we can all agree, is the CCP. They need to go one way or another before all of this is said and done. So I happen to see this Taiwan incursion as cover for that. The real kinetic action, folks, will be a joint military operation conducted by an alliance of Chinese and Taiwanese patriots to take down the cabal tentacle of the CCP and reestablish a new Chinese republic upon the reunification of Taiwan and China. And in the process of this reunification, I do believe that we're going to see the Kushida regime, whether organically or as a part of the pre-planning of this operation, he's going to involve Japan in some way, shape, or form in this conflict at a level sufficient to trigger a Chinese military response that will either lead to the external toppling of the illegitimate deep state regime in Japan or an unexpected military coup internal, much like I've been predicting in various nations in Europe, just like I talked about at the beginning of tonight's show, and like we've seen actively play out in Africa. And by the way, as far as Africa goes, in addition to the eight military coups, which have played out there and are continuing to, of course, we're hearing reports that the Republic of Congo is the latest example. And by the way, their deep state puppet president is currently in the United States. As these reports are coming out of a coup that is plotted within Congo that's been identified. Now, we don't have a lot of information, but I'm going to give you my take on this. Like I said, the deep state puppet president, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, is currently in the U.S. And he actually gave a speech at the UN General Assembly. And this is reported just today, just a few hours ago. Now, this reported coup is being vehemently denied by the government, by the deep state government of Congo. But I do find it very interesting that as the reports of a potential coup began circulating, just today, the president of the Congo delivered a speech to the UN General Assembly asking that the UN, quote unquote, peacekeepers, it actually leaves a foul taste in my mouth to even say that in that context, because that's not what they are. We all know they're not there to keep the peace. But he asked, and I really think it was more than an ask, I think it was a demand, that the UN start packing up their peacekeepers and sending them home this year. And he was quoted saying, it is to be deplored that the peacekeeping missions deployed for 25 years have failed to cope with rebellions and armed conflicts, end quote. Of course, because quote unquote peacekeeping is only the cover for UN troops who are there to oppress the people and engage in human trafficking and raping of women and children and protecting cabal institutions and interests in the region. It has nothing to do with keeping the peace and the people know it. They all understand that the reason the UN is there is to plunder their resources out of the country, as they've been doing now for centuries. So what's going on here? Well, I think it's very likely that the president of Congo was coerced into making that speech by his own military guard, his own presidential military guard, who reportedly was involved in planning or executing this coup. So I think that the president was coerced into making this speech by his own presidential guard, by his own military, in order to avoid an imminent coup. Otherwise, I do believe the president of Congo has been brought under submission by the alliance of patriot African generals. Remember, folks, this is a worldwide military alliance, a worldwide operation. All of these events are connected. 
And so what's happening is, as we've seen all these different coups take place in Niger and Gabon and all over Africa, it's emboldening these African generals who are patriots. And they want the UN out of their country. They want the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. They want this evil removed, this cancer that has been oppressing their people and destroying that continent now, like I said, for centuries. And notice that all over the world, we're seeing the same scenario play out. Instead of civil war, as the result of the cabal's divide and conquer strategy, which has always been the historical norm, the end result of them meddling in the affairs of another country, instead of a civil war, we're seeing an alliance between patriotic elements of the military and we the people to oust corruption and to reformulate the government. And folks, this is indeed a preview of what's about to play out right here in the United States. And of course, we know that a big reason all of this is happening and unfolding like this is because of Russian and Chinese military backing of these African countries, primarily Russia, because China's got its own problems that it's dealing with. This is mainly being driven by Russia. All of these African nations that have been absolutely salivating over the opportunity to take their country back finally have the military backing that they need, which is why none of these counter-coup operations are going to be successful. I guarantee you, Niger, Gabon, Congo, if it goes in that direction, we'll have to see how it plays out in any of the other African nations where we've seen these coups take place. There are going to be attempts to try to take them back, but I promise you folks, it's not going to happen. You don't go to war unless you've already won. And like I said, this is a worldwide military alliance that's being driven by the same philosophy, the art of war, game theory operations. That's the way that this is all playing out. Whether we like it or not, this war is being fought on that plane. It involves a whole lot of deception. So of course, we've got all of this geopolitical realignment happening. And you really can't talk about the geopolitical realignment without talking about the financial and economic realignment that's being driven by the BRICS. And as you've heard me talk about repeatedly over and over and over, de-dollarization is what it's all about. Treasury bonds are being sold off in mass for gold. And this is all being driven by the BRICS alliance. So what is the significance of all this? Well, you heard me talk to Jim Willie about the paradox of the fiat dollar rising before it ultimately becomes irrelevant to the point of near extinction and has to be reformulated and replaced with a better system, i.e. the U.S. note that is going to be gold-backed. But folks, we're being maneuvered into a position of isolation. Even though it doesn't appear that way, even though you, you look at anything that mainstream media has been putting out there and you're going to be convinced of the opposite, that, that BRICS nations and all of these countries that are de-dollarizing are going to be the ones who are isolated, when in reality, it's going to be the exact opposite of that. And I offered my metaphor of monopoly money on my last show. It really doesn't matter how much the US dollar rises in the short term if nobody's playing monopoly anymore, because really, that's all it is, is monopoly money anyway. And the rest of the world has figured it out. They figured out that we have an insurmountable toxic debt. And whether or not that debt is secretly been paid off behind the scenes? Well, hey, we'll have to find out. But certainly there is a lot of very interesting information that is surfacing on that front as well. I'm only going to mention that. I'm sure folks probably know what I'm referring to. And I'm going to do a little bit more research on that and perhaps provide some commentary and analysis when I have the opportunity to look into it a little bit more deeply. But do I think it's beyond the scope of possibility? Certainly not. That's exactly what Nasara is all about eliminating the debt. Now, whether it was actually paid off or whether it was nullified because it's illegal anyway, well, one way or another, folks, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, all of that debt is going to be wiped clean. But the US dollar is becoming increasingly irrelevant on the world stage in terms of transaction and trade settlement. And this is going to be massively important as time goes on. It's really critical because it's going to cause an import-export crisis. 
Treasury bills, dollars, treasury bonds are all being rejected. We know that they're being rejected. The treasury bills are being rejected at U.S. ports, specifically in Long Beach. And we won't get imports as the result of this. Imports that we need. And because we don't really make anything anymore. We don't really manufacture. We outsourced all that, remember? And of course, that's a big reason why the BRICS nations knew that they could move in this direction to isolate us by de-dollarization because we're no longer self-sufficient as a nation. Now, certainly in terms of our energy needs, there are large reserves that we could go on for quite some time with. But in terms of the day-to-day -day essentials, in terms of being able to support our own economy internally by manufacturing and producing goods, that ship sailed a long time ago. Way back when NAFTA was passed and we saw all of the corporations ship overseas for cheaper labor. Of course, as consumers, we all loved it. We all thought it was great because it's cheaper products. Of course, they're crappy products, as we all know. Everything is made in countries where there's literally no quality control. But hey, we were all fine with it, except, of course, the people who lost their jobs in the process. But you see, people have been talking about this problem now for decades, and now we're starting to see why these moves were made and how, more importantly, the alliance is capitalizing on all of these moves and maneuvering the deep state into a position of isolation on the world stage. So the foreign nations that are realigning with BRICS, both economically and militarily, are causing the balance of power in the world to shift for the first time in our lives, away from a unipolar system and toward a multipolar system, a balance of power, just like Vladimir Putin talked about and has been talking about recently. You see, folks, these nations that always required our protection and always required our energy and our resources no longer require any of them. They don't need our oil. They're getting it from Russia. They don't need our exports primarily because we don't really export much. We need their imports much more than they need our exports. And again, this ties directly into the coups that I was just talking about in Africa. The toxic debt is being absorbed by the Fed, the bad bank, as Jim Willie calls it. Even though they're making it appear otherwise, they've got these back channel deals to maintain the optics of solvency. But we all know that all of the big banks are insolvent. All of the big banks are actually bankrupt behind the scenes. This is just rolling it out for the public. And even hiking interest rates. I've talked a lot about the, the different tricks that the cabal, the Fed, can attempt to pull out of the hat. They're not going to work anymore. Even hiking interest rates to try to attract bond investors isn't working because people know that there's no possible way that we're ever going to pay back our debt. That's just the simple reality. Hyperinflation is looming right around the corner. <clears throat> As more and more banks continue to fail, panic is going to set in. And people are going to dump their fiat currency like the trash that it is. They're going to dump it into circulation, actually. That's really what's going to happen. When you get into a hyperinflationary period, people get their paycheck and they just go out and spend it because they're afraid that the next day or the next week, it's not going to be worth anything. So they want to maximize their buying power while they can. That's exactly where we're headed, folks. What the fiat system, the Ponzi scheme, depends upon is confidence. That's what the fiat system is all about. Confidence in the petrodollar. But the petrodollar is being made increasingly irrelevant, as is the U.S. military, who we also know functions primarily to back the king dollar. Now, the BRICS are upending this entire system. The gold-backed tokens or the currency, whatever they decide to go with, is coming. And we also know that XRP is going to be used to replace SWIFT. And I was just talking about this on an interview yesterday. XRP is a way of facilitating the massive transfer of wealth that we're about to see. But XRP and XLM and a handful of other digital currencies that actually have real value and real functionality, they're not going to be the entirety. They're not going to encompass the quantum financial system. They're going to be on-ramps 
And certainly I do believe that while I'm not a financial advisor, as I've said many times, I do believe that XRP at 50 cents right now is probably an excellent investment. I believe that there are others as well. I'm not going to name others and provide advice necessarily to folks, but I'm just letting everybody know that I do believe that XRP and XLM and a handful of others, like I just said, are going to be incorporated into the new system as payment settlement tools. But they're not going to be the only options for transaction and trade settlement. Because again, if we go in that direction, what are we doing? We're replacing one centralized system with another. You can't have that. You have to go back to constitutional money. Certainly here in America, that's, we know we're going back to that system. The constitutional republic system, and according to the constitution, actual real money is defined as gold and silver. Now, I believe that each nation is going to have its own gold-backed currency or some precious metal or asset, real tangible asset-backed currency, depending upon what their natural resources are, of course. They're also going to have their own quantum computer, and we're each going to be our own bank, making the existing system completely obsolete. <clears throat> In fact, I happen to believe that eventually the entire concept of money is going to be redefined but it's going to take some time to get there. I don't think that this is going to happen overnight. You have to remember, folks, the world is going to have an awful lot to process in the not-too-distant future. And obviously, this is a major component, but it's going to take some time, in my view, for all of this to come together. And I do believe that XRP and XLM and some of these others are going to play a very important role in that transitionary period. But ultimately, I don't believe that these are going to comprise the entirety of the quantum financial system. Like I said, I think they're just going to be on-ramps, but that doesn't mean that I think that they're worthless, that they're just going to go away like so many of the other cryptocurrencies, certainly Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin and all the other ones out there. I think probably 99% are going to go away and go down to zero. But again, I don't want to get off on a huge jag on this. I kind of want to stay focused on the big picture here. And in terms of the financial theater of this war, the big picture is that there is a massive transfer of wealth that's about to take place, the biggest that this world has ever seen. And the world, we the people, the awakened patriots and all the normies and the sheep out there, the sleepers who are soon to be awakened, they're going to come to understand the reality of abundance. And they're going to acknowledge the lie of scarcity. You got to remember, folks, the entire concept of being rich is based upon the haves and the have-nots. I mean, money, being rich, doesn't really mean anything if everybody has money. This is a cabal construct. And even though we're still somewhat trapped in that mentality, I mean, indeed, all of us want money because money in this cabal system is equivalent to freedom and power. And so, of course, our entire lives, we've been conditioned to think this way, but this is what the Great Awakening is all about. It's not going to happen instantaneously. This is what I mean. It's going to take time for humanity to fully process all of these truth and all of these changes. And eventually, I think we're going to get to this place where being rich is no longer relevant. Because in the future, everybody is going to have everything that they need, essentially for free. Shelter, and clothing, and energy, the basic necessities of life. If they're not going to be free, they're going to be so cheap, given all the other changes in terms of the abolishment of income tax and the abolishment of all of our illegal debt, they're going to be made so cheap that they might as well be free. And so we're going to enter in, we are entering in to a new perspective, this golden age is all about recognizing the abundance that God blessed the earth with. Now, some people may end up having more than others, but it's not going to matter because nobody's success is going to be at the expense of others. That's the cabal system. That's what we're moving away from. We're entering into a golden age of prosperity, folks. Free energy, which indeed makes the world go round, Suppressed medical technology, med beds, sound and frequency healing, light chamber healing. 
the decentralized quantum financial system, which I was just talking about, transparent blockchain voting, the end of war, which is most often the result of cabal deception, pretty much always the result of cabal deception and mass manipulation, divide and conquer tactics. And just like I was talking about in the context of Africa, wars are also fought to steal resources and to create the illusion of scarcity. But that's all it is. It's an illusion. So what we're seeing are the final phases of a controlled economic implosion that really accelerated when Trump rolled the Fed into the Treasury, and I've talked about this in the past, and the Federal Reserve was made to absorb all of the toxic debt using special purpose vehicles. This was done during the height of COVID with the CARES Act. I did a whole podcast on this. It was a while ago, but I remember breaking all of this down. And for those who've been listening for a while, you might recall that episode. <clears throat> there was an inversion of the financial hierarchy, whereupon the Fed was maneuvered into a position to collapse. And the period that we're in right now is the final phase. The full collapse isn't far off now, folks. Every major Wall Street bank is insolvent. Every major Wall Street bank is bankrupt. And this is soon going to be revealed. And as you've heard me say, I am anticipating, just like many, many other voices out there, many other patriots and anons in our community, black swan events, probably multiple. Maybe it's going to be just one. I don't know. When is it going to happen? Well, certainly it's going to happen before the next election cycle. I can tell you that much. Probably a lot sooner than that. When you look at all of the indicators. I'm thinking probably in the next few months. But I do believe that the black swan events that are coming will directly coincide with the EAS and the subsequent rollout of the quantum financial system. But in the end, folks, you have to remember, so much of what we're witnessing happen in the world right now, whether it be geopolitically or whether it be economically and financially, whether it be domestic politics here in the United States or any other country around the world, so much of it is pantomime. The reality is, is that there is no real $33 trillion deficit. We have to remember, folks, the alliance recovered sums of gold and other wealth that is incalculable. As staggering as $33 trillion sounds, it's nothing in comparison to what they found in one location, just underneath the Vatican. And there have been so many other locations, so many other tunnels with miles and miles and miles and miles of gold bullion and other precious metals priceless artifacts and art, hidden books of the Bible, sacred texts that we've never seen before, everything revealing the truth about our reality that they've kept hidden from us. And I alluded to a little while ago, the evidence that has emerged that the debt was already nullified and wiped clean even before Trump bankrupted the U.S. corporation. The financial theater of this war has already been decided, folks. And that's why we say nothing can stop what's coming. Putin and Trump and the White Hats, right from the beginning, targeted the revenue streams of the enemy. This was their first objective to cripple their ability to continue with the bribery, with the blackmail, and the various human trafficking operations. And of course, the adrenochrome harvesting, the organ harvesting, all of the dark, wicked evil that funds their operations were targeted from day one by Trump and by Putin. Certainly Putin making the incursion into Ukraine was the key to setting all of this in motion, to destroying the infrastructure that ultimately functioned as the beating heart of the cabal's revenue streams. Now this operation, one of many associated with the overall Q plan, was successful. They did cut off their revenue streams. The cabal now has vastly diminished economic resources, and the alliance has allowed them to die on the vine. This is why we're seeing banks failing, and what we've seen so far is but a precursor 
of what's going to unfold in the coming weeks and months, folks. Mark my words. But this was all set in motion back in 2017 when Trump took office and has been developing ever since. While all of the other military operations have been ongoing behind the scenes to rescue children, to neutralize cabal weaponry, to thwart cabal attacks, to seize bioweapons, biolabs, and biomaterial. Also, the public can experience the degradation themselves in a controlled demolition, a sequestered, controlled environment that we don't really see, but we know is there, especially us, the awakened, so that the awakening could happen ahead of the big events that we've been talking about recently and that I've mentioned tonight. These are coming, folks, and they're coming like a freight train. So indeed, we see the mid-level cabal players continuing to fight on, and the enemy has still not been completely defanged, as we've talked about. We're continuing to see these fifth-gen attacks, but the good news is that their resources are drying up really, really quickly. And I happen to believe that what's left of the cabal is actually unwittingly taking their cues from AI that's under alliance control. And I'm going to elaborate on that in a future episode. But certainly the cabal still retains the ability to carry out kinetic attacks. Let's be clear about that. Even though their assets are being depleted. Think of it this way as a metaphor. Over many decades, the cabal has positioned snipers in the form of MK Ultra controlled assets and hired thugs, especially within the military. And these snipers have been dormant and I don't mean literal snipers here. We're talking about a metaphor. Assets that have been hidden strategically all throughout the population all over the world that have remained dormant until the moment when the enemy needed to begin an unprecedented fifth-gen assault on humanity. That's what we're living through, which, by the way, is being camouflaged by the climate change agenda, by that whole narrative, because it's the perfect cover. But when a sniper fires from cover, getting back to this metaphor here. Many times they reveal their position. Most often they reveal their position to a trained eye. And so in essence, every attack leaves a forensic trail for the Alliance to track down enemy assets. And also with every attack, the public consciousness expands and more people awaken to the tactics of the enemy, making it increasingly difficult to carry out false flags successfully. And we also have to keep in mind the fifth generational warfare strikes that we've been seeing have been planned for decades. And most of them have been augmented by AI, the very same AI that the Alliance is battling, that's still in the control of the cabal. But ultimately, folks, for all the reasons that you hear me talk about over and over and over on this show, we have the upper hand. We are indeed in control of the trajectory of this war. And like I said earlier, Realistically speaking, I do think that we're going to see a lot more of these false flag type attacks. I do believe that there is going to be further loss of life. There is going to be more of these situations that we're going to have to weather as we go through this storm. But <clears throat> that this is a sign of desperation. And as these attacks continually escalate, we get closer and closer to the inevitable, which is everything that we've been fighting for, everything that we've been hoping and praying for, and ultimately have committed our entire lives to, which is the fall of this cabal. And indeed, folks, mark my words as God is my witness. I believe with every fiber of my being that we are in the final stages and that we have to hold the line, keep our heads on a swivel, pray like we've never prayed before to be delivered from this evil in preparation for God to reveal his hand and move on behalf of humanity to liberate us from this evil. In Jesus' name. All right, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Please take a moment to let me know in the comments. Please leave a like if you did enjoy today's episode. I also wanted to mention, folks, I'm on BitChute, Rumble, Podbean, and Odyssey. I'm also on Truth Social and Telegram. You'll see the links in the description. If you're not following me, on all these different platforms, make sure that you are because you never know what could happen. One of them could go down. Make sure you just follow me on all the different ones. Thank you so much. My Rumble audience has now surpassed 50,000 people. I'm absolutely stunned by that. I love each and every one of you out there. You've completely changed my life like I talked about in my last coffee chat. 
And I am just so honored to be in this position, to be a focal point, to be a voice that you trust, to break down all of this incredibly complex information and provide folks with a little bit of clarity on the trajectory of the war and the certainty that I have that we are indeed exactly where we're supposed to be at this very moment. God is in control. So before I sign off, I just want to really quickly direct your attention to some of the links in the description. I have a locals community that is growing, patriotunderground.locals.com slash support. You can join for $5 a month, get first access to all of my new content, get access to the Patriot Underground chats. By the way, the next one is going to be this Sunday at 7.30. These are amazing chats, by the way, for those people out there who want to participate in a conversation with like-minded patriots, but don't want it to be recorded and shared with the world. Well, that's exactly what these Patriot Underground chats are. They're informal, unrecorded conversations where the salt of the earth patriots, the audience members of my show come together and we we talk about everything, folks. I mean, from spirituality to the geopolitical elements to financial elements, it's just incredible. These are conversations that will truly enrich your life. And you can ask anyone out there in the audience who's participated in one, and I guarantee you, they will be in complete agreement with me. This is not something that you want to miss. So again, click that link in the description, become a member. If you can't afford to become a member, if you're under financial duress, going through a really difficult time like so many people out there are, just send me an email at patriotunderground2021 at gmail.com and I will gladly share the link with you. I also want to direct folks to my merch store. That's patriotunderground.shop. You can pick up an item or two, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, a beer mug, a sticker, very affordably priced. People have been very satisfied. Thank you to everybody out there who's made a purchase. And last but not least, folks, my affiliates are the best in the business. Grassfedinusa.com slash Patriot Underground, the best organic steaks that you're ever going to taste. I guarantee you. Just try it out, folks. Prove me wrong. Okay, these are grass-fed, no hormones, no mRNA injections, no antibiotics, no magnets sticking to the meat. And it's just absolutely melt-in-your-mouth delicious, delivered to your door. Incredible. Ribeyes, filet mignon, ground beef, on and on and on, folks. You got to try it out. And you also have to switch hyphen stores.com slash Patriot Underground. You want to click that link, folks, and you want to realign all of your financial resources with your political and spiritual values wherever and whenever you can. Switch hyphen stores.com slash Patriot Underground is the best place to go to get all of your household and your personal products delivered to your door at incredible prices, the highest quality products that you're going to find, the best vitamins and supplements, the best essential oils, the best cleaning products, the best hygienic products. I mean, I've tried these products, folks, and I was blown away. I really didn't think that I was going to like them as much as I did. And they've been embraced by my entire family. Highly recommend folks check that out. And last but not least, now is the time, folks. We were talking about this financial realignment, this ongoing banking crisis, the collapse of the private Western banking system, the collapse of the fiat debt prison. It's accelerating with every passing day. You do not want your hard-earned money, your retirement savings to be tied up in the stock market and by extension, the dollar. You've heard me talk about de-dollarization for weeks now. When this flip happens, folks, the EAS comes on, the mirroring onto the QFS stops, a lot of people out there are going to take a massive hit. And we really don't know what it's going to look like on the other side of the rollout of the QFS. But we do know that there is an imminent threat. There's a freight train, a financial freight train coming at us right now. The entire world is moving away from the dollar. The banks are failing. All of the indicators are there. I don't know why anybody in their right mind would want their retirement savings tied up in the stock market or in any way connected to the dollar. Now, if you're a little bit skeptical about that and you don't want to move all of your savings, you can certainly diversify. You can move a portion. But folks, now is the time to do it. If you're on the fence about it, I'm telling you, you don't want to wait until it's too late. You have an opportunity. You're hearing this message for a reason. There are no coincidences. Do the right thing. Protect your financial resources. Put them into gold and silver. Physical, tangible, real, constitutional money. 
And I can promise you folks, it'll be the best financial decision you've ever made. I'm not a financial advisor, but I do have common sense and I do have the ability to add two plus two and come up with four. And I think that most of my audience does as well. This is a no brainer, folks. Check it out. I partnered with the best company in the business. Incredible, incredible customer service, incredible reputation. Gold Co. really is top notch, folks. So go to patriotundergroundgold.com today or patriotundergroundsilver.com if you're interested in qualifying for up to $10,000 in free silver, depending upon the nature of your account. You can click either one of those links and my team will contact you. And I promise you, folks, you'll be glad you did. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. God bless each and every one of you out there. I love you all. Godspeed. I'll be back soon with another report. And until then, Patriot out.